You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Does your life bear the marks of obedience, love, and truth? Is your Christian life something real? Or are you just imagining? Worse, is it counterfeit? And are you just playing church? Or is it real in here, in your life, real? Has God made it real to you and real for you? These are the last hours. And I love the fact that we're saying last hours. Because as we started out this conversation, we said, in the last days, perilous times, the end of the age. Well, it's gone from the last days to the last hour. Watch any sporting event and you can notice a change in the intensity of play as the time clock ticks closer to the end. The announcers might even say, it's about to get real. Well, Pastor Dave shares that for believers and non-believers alike, it's about to get real as the return of Jesus gets closer and closer. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 2 as he continues his message, The Last Hour. We see the history of the nation Israel as they were being prepared for the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The entire Old Testament was preparing Israel for the coming of this person, Jesus Christ, the coming of their Messiah. And since Jesus came, since Jesus' death and resurrection, the clock has been ticking. There is a time clock that seems to be ticking. And ever since Jesus returned to the Father, All history now is doing nothing but marking time. We are simply marking time until the return of Jesus Christ. Why? Because quite frankly, everything that God could do to save sinners was completed by Jesus Christ on a cross. Everything that God could do to save the sinner from eternal damnation was accomplished on the cross. This is a fact and this is truth. So John now writes in verse 18a, he says, little children, it is the last hour. It is the last hour. Now, what's interesting to me is that throughout scripture, we read about a time when things would come to an end. We read about a time. The prophets spoke about it. All the prophets spoke about it. The writers of the New Testament spoke about it. In fact, the writers of Hebrews says this in verse 1, God who at various times in various ways spoken to past the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made all the worlds who being in the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high having become so much better than than the angel, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So we read about these last days, the perilous times, the end of the age, the latter days. John now says, it's the last hour. I don't know about you, but when I read this, I get a sense of urgency. 
I get a sense of urgency. Why? Because these times began when Jesus was born and have continued to increase in intensity. Jesus and Paul both described the characteristics of these times, period, and we see the same characteristics happening today. The characteristics happen. So John is warning the church, hey guys, the time is now. It's the last hour. He had previously told us in our study last week that the world was passing away. That we're not to love the things of the world. And you know what, folks? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at things happening around the nail to know that the world is certainly passing away. The world is getting worse and worse and worse. Earthquakes are more powerful than ever been. Storms and hurricanes are more frequent. Tornadoes are even much stronger. Even thunderstorms seem to be more intense lately. There's certainly more pestilence available circulating the globe more than ever before, including COVID-19. Man is turning against each other in racial hatred. Families are destroying each other through political issues. Abortion rates are soaring. Cities are being burned while looting is rampant. All in the name of justice. You can see with your own eyes, we are indeed in perilous times. Unprecedented times. And John knows as well as you should know too. And John's trying to tell us, hey guys, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. And he wants his readers to be able to distinguish between truth and the lie. We need to be able to distinguish between the truth and the lie. It's extremely important. So as we read verse 18, little children is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which you know that it is the last hour. It is the last hour. Notice a few things here. Notice the capital A in one Antichrist and a small a in the other Antichrist. It's interesting. Now, you need to know that the Apostle John is the only person in the entire Bible to use the word Antichrist. Nobody else uses it. He's the only one. And it can have three different meanings. The word Antichrist can have three different meanings. First of all, it describes a spirit in the world that opposes or denies Christ. Secondly, it can describe false teachers who embody that spirit. Those are small a, antichrist. And then finally, it describes an actual person who will head up the final rebellion against Jesus and God. That's the large a, antichrist. The spirit of antichrist has been in the world ever since Satan fell and declared war on God. The spirit of the antichrist is behind every false doctrine and every false religious substitute. It's interesting that the word anti in the Greek has a dual meaning. It can mean against Christ, and it can mean instead of Christ. And a frenzy has taken place as Satan fights against the eternal truth of Jesus Christ, substituting counterfeits here, there, and everywhere. But the crazy thing is, and not, it's not really crazy, but the truth is that Jesus predicted it. In Matthew 24, in verse 24, he said, False Christ and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Do you see why John wants us to know the truth? Do you see why John wants us to know the difference between the lie and what was real? How we have to know this and have it deep in our hearts and know what's taking place and what's happening here? The spirit of the Antichrist is in the world today, and it will eventually lead to the appearance of a man known as the Antichrist. Now, what are some of his names? 
He's called the horn in Daniel 7. He's called the king of fierce countenance in Daniel 8. He's called the prince that shall come in Daniel 9. He's called the willful king in Daniel 11. John 5 calls him the one who comes in his own name. And Paul in Thessalonians 2 calls him the son of perdition, the man of sin, and the lawless one. These are the names all resent the same person. What's interesting here is that most people focus on the ideal of an opposite Jesus. This has made them think that the Antichrist will be a supremely evil person doing horrid things, that he will be the exact opposite of Jesus. And as Jesus' character and personality was beautiful and attractive as such, this person will be ugly and repulsive. And the emphasis has been placed too much on the opposite, where the Antichrist will be instead of Jesus, because he's going to look wonderful. He's going to look great. He's going to have all the great ideas. He's going to ensure peace. In fact, he's going to be a peacemaker. He's going to be charming. He's going to be successful. He's going to be the ultimate winner and appear as an angel of light until such a time when he reveals who he is. John is warning that the spirit of Antichrist is now with us. He's warning us to take heed, to look out for what is happening. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that this is the last hour. John declares that the, the, while the world awaits the unveiling of the man of lawlessness, this Antichrist, there are many other imitations around, many other imitations that are coming to us. And, and when I look at this, when I look at this verse, I can see two, two forces at work here. I see two forces at work here. First of all, I see the truth working. How's the truth working? The truth is working through us, the church, by the Holy Spirit. The truth is working in us. Also, in the world today is the spirit of the Antichrist working by the energy of Satan, opposing everything of God and everything of Jesus. At present... During this current time, we know that we who are Christian, we who are filled with the Holy Spirit, are actually the restraining force holding back lawlessness. Now, you may say to me, wait a minute, Dave, have you seen the headlines? Ain't nobody holding back lawlessness. Look what's happening. Look what's going on in our world. Look what's happening to our cities across the country. But folks, I'm here to tell you that pales short to the destruction that's going to come. That pales in magnitude to the destruction that will be unleashed when the church is removed by the rapture. Truth is holding back lawlessness. The spirit of the Antichrist is fighting against all righteousness. Evil is now good. Good is now evil. And it's coming up to a head. Paul wrote of this in 2 Thessalonians in verse 7. In 2 Thessalonians verse 7, Paul writes this. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, capital he, who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. The he is the Holy Spirit. The he is the Holy Spirit in us. When the church is removed, Satan will take a victory lap. And the man, the Antichrist, will be revealed. He is the one who opposes everything Christian, everything Christ, and he is the one who exalts himself above all and declares that he is God and he will be worshipped. So why is John so adamant about this? Why is there such urgency in John? Well, John lived in an age of 
constant expectancy of the return of Jesus Christ. He looked for him at every angle. He looked for him at everywhere and every day. He knew it was the last hour. This expectancy seems to be missing in the church today. This expectancy that Christ is coming. But we too should have this urgency. We too should know that the Lord could come at any minute. We are in the last hour. And I love what Guzik says here, quote, seeing the nature of our times and what the Bible says about the end times, we should regard ourselves as being in the last few minutes. Notice, not the last hour, the last few minutes. So it makes a difference what we believe. It makes a difference what we believe. It really does. If you believe that there is no rapture, or if you are mid-tribulation or even post-tribulation, that's fine, but your eyes are focused looking for the Antichrist. However, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, then you're constantly looking for Jesus Christ. Your eyes are focused on him. I'm not looking for some man. I don't care. I'm I'm looking for Jesus Christ. My eyes are focused on him, my Savior. I'm looking for him to come back. So where does your focus lie? We're living in days of crisis. Look around. These are indeed unprecedented times. It's the last hours. It might even be the last minutes or even the last seconds. And Satan is still trying to deceive, trying to get you to believe the lie. The spirit of the Antichrist is working overtime in the world. That's why John just wrote in the last scripture that we studied last week. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. If anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He says, I have nothing to do with the world, he thinks. The world is in a transitory state. It is passing away. We must be prepared. We must be able to distinguish between the truth and the lie. And here John is giving us a solemn warning. Look out, church, wake up. Wake up. As we said earlier, the Apostle Paul spoke about the last days in earnest, and everything he said was in harmony to what John is preaching right now. It was all in harmony by the same Holy Spirit. He said, Paul said in Romans 13, 11, your salvation is nearer now than ever before. I believe that wholeheartedly. He tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 1, that some are going to depart from the faith. Oh, horrid. Horrible. What did the scripture say Jesus is looking for when he comes back to earth? Faith. Will I find faith? Peter wasn't going to be left out either. He said that the end of all things was at hand, meaning it's here, it's eminent. We need to have the realization that Jesus could come at any time, at any moment. But John gives a stern warning. Be careful. Even now there are antichrists in the world. This was John's urgency. Don't be deceived. It's extremely important that we know the truth. Because Jesus said, the truth sets you free. The truth of having my sins forgiven has set me free. The truth of knowing that I have a Savior, and he's waiting for me, and he's going to come and get me, sets me free. When death was arrested, my life began. And I'm free, free, forever I'm free. And that's something to celebrate. So why is this so important? Because we need to take notice. Because, folks, the stage is set. The stage is set. It's all set up for some political economic superman to come out. A single political leader who will organize the world to a number of confederation of nations. 
National leaders speak of a new world order right now. They speak of a one-world monetary system, a cashless society. You're finding that happen when you go to various stores who won't take your cash. There's even talk of a new world government or a one-world religion. It's all been discussed. It's all out there, folks. We're being conditioned for this to happen. We're being set up for this to happen. We're being conditioned for gender identification, a new definition of marriage, late term and even after birth abortions. Sex with minors is commonplace in nations today. We're being conditioned to violence, to indiscriminate killings, to murders and the like. We're being conditioned. Social media is fogging our brains. The internet is nothing but trash. And we're being confused. And don't even get me started on the network news. All of them. Doesn't matter who you listen to. Don't look at the sitcoms. They're full of garbage. And when you think you're watching a decent motion picture or a decent movie, all of a sudden, there's gratuitous sex. There's all this other stuff. We're being conditioned, folks. We're being conditioned. It may sound normal. They're trying to get us to think that, oh, it's just normal. That's all just normal. And I can accept all that. Baloney. It's not normal. Right is right and wrong ain't. That's as good as you get. But we're being conditioned. We're being conditioned. The people who talk about these things are sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. We have the truth. We know the truth and are set free by the truth. And we need to stand up for the truth. This conditioning is paving the way for the Antichrist, and he's going to be worshipped in America. Oh, we don't worship the such in America. Oh, yeah? Go to a ball game. Look at all these people from Hollywood who all of a sudden have all this stuff to say, whom we worship, and oh, they're so intelligent. Why? Because they make a million dollars for acting? But we listen to them. We think they have something special to say because they're special. We put them on pedestals. No. John says he wants to know the difference between false and real, the truth. John was focused on the return of Jesus Christ, and we should be also. We should be focused on the return of Jesus Christ. Yes, there are antichrists all over the world, but John knew the truth and followed the truth, and he wouldn't be swayed from the truth. Can you say that about yourselves? That you know the truth, you're following the truth, and you will not be swayed from the truth because you do know it. The lie exists today. There's nothing new under the sun. The lie exists. John was inspired by the thought of Jesus' return. It was his inspiration to live godly. Knowing that Jesus is going to return, do you want him to come and catch you in some of the things that you're doing? I don't think so. I don't think so. So knowing that Jesus is going to return should be our inspiration for real living too. When we focus on Jesus, we have the real life. A person who professes to be a Christian but does not live a life of obedience, truth, and love is either deceived or a deceiver. Being born again, I now have the characteristics of my Father in heaven. I have his characteristics. What are those characteristics? Love and truth, grace and mercy, right? Does your life bear those characteristics today? Does your life bear the marks of obedience, love, and truth? Is your Christian life something real? Or are you just imagining? Worse, is it counterfeit? And are you just playing church? Or is it real in here, in your life, real? Has God made it real to you and real for you? These are the last hours. And I love the fact that they're saying last hours. 
Because as we started out this conversation, we said, in the last days, perilous times, the end of the age. Well, it's gone from the last days to the last hour. Do you see the progression here? We're moving ever and ever and ever closer to the end. Ever and ever, ever closer. And I'm not using scare texts here. Read it for yourself. And glean from what it says here. Read it for yourself. That's what the Bible says. John said this world is passing away. These are the last hours. And it's past time for us to get serious about our Christianity. Every one of us, every one of us in this room, and everyone watching TV or computers has someone we love dearly who is not saved. What do they see in you that would make a difference? Do they see real or they see phony? Do they see real or a counterfeit? What do they see in you that would lead them to believe, wow, this Christianity thing is, that's true. That's real. I'm, I'm going to be interested in this. I might need to think about this. It's time to stop playing church. It's time for us to become the church, the true church of Jesus Christ. Preach the cross, Jesus crucified. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus coming back. Yes, we live in perilous times. Yes, we live in unprecedented times. But we have to face the truth. We either, folks, live in the truth or we face the consequences of living the lie. And therefore, you have a choice. You have a choice. It says... 19, still talking about the Antichrist, small a, he says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be manifest that none of them were of us. Who's the us? The church. The church. They went out from us. Folks, don't be deceived. Don't believe the lie. Here's the truth right here. Read it. Study it. Know it. Let the Holy Spirit take that truth that's in here and plant it deep in here. So you know the counterfeit when you see it. And you don't want to be the ones that left us. You don't want to be the ones that left us. I'm not talking about leaving this church to find a better church. I'm not talking about leaving this church and finding a good teaching church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those who leave us to spread a lie, to spread the gospel. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what John's talking about. Those that leave the truth and start following a lie. And sadly, we've seen it. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. For those people, it would have been better that they never knew. Never knew. So... The choice is us, right? We have a choice. We have a choice. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. 
Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 John or jump into another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and We'd be happy to meet you and hear your story. You'll find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions, as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for Church Online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, this edition is coming to a close, but we're grateful that you've been a part of our listening audience today. Make sure you join us again next time for more from 1 John, where Pastor Dave has more to share about this book. We look forward to that time with you again as your heart is reminded of God's love here on A Sure Hope.